you mentioned it earlier, the sociability, the activity, the being involved, being engaged, and having intergenerational relationships seems to be one of the indicators that make people live healthier, longer lives. And that's what I think we're all striving for. Hi, everyone. This is John Summerman, founder of the Active Towns Initiative. Welcome to the Active Towns podcast, conversations about the people, places, programs, and policies that help to promote a culture of activity within our communities. It's great to have you along for the ride. In this episode, I have a delightful conversation with Preston Tyree about growing older in the Miller neighborhood of Austin, Texas, a community striving to create an all ages and abilities environment. Welcome to the Active Towns and the Growing Older podcast. Preston Tyree, welcome. Well, thank you, John. This is uh, this is a great opportunity, I think, to spend time with you and to uh, talk about something we both really enjoy talking about. Activity, active towns, getting out and keeping moving. And your initiative of the Active Towns is just so great. I love what you're doing with that and how you are potentially changing the world. Wow, that's that's huge, yeah. <laughs> well, thank you, sir. And, and right back at you. So... Preston, you have your own podcast. It's the Growing Older. The spelling on that of is growing and then the word O-L-D and then in parentheses E-R. So tell, tell us a little bit about the name. I'll read off what, uh, what your little tagline is, which is uh, conversations on aging and some thoughts about aging well. Cool. I love that. What's, what was the inspiration on this? Well, the neighborhood I live in, uh, the Miller neighborhood in Austin, it's a uh, planning unit development. And they took the old airport and sat down and said, what can we do that's 711 acres? We can make it a commercial site. We can make it a plant site. We can do all those kind of things. But let's make it a really special community. And they didn't get it all right, but they got so much of it right that it's an amazing community. And the one thing that we have seen that they left out, and I am uh, just turned 76, when I look to the future in that community, once I need some help, assistance in various things during the day, I may have to leave the community because there are no facilities in the community. So one of the things we want to do is take a look at, okay, how do we look at aging and neighborhoods? And that led into a lot of things. We have a group called the Wisdom Crew, people over 55 that get together for lots of different things. So that's the community part. But this podcast, it's kind of came to us and said, hey, we want people to have a voice in this and to talk about and of all ages. And that's why we say growing older instead of growing old or aging or any of that stuff. We're all growing older one day at a time. And the idea is at different decades of your life, what are you looking at? What kind of things are you doing when you look back at your life? I asked somebody the other day, what surprised you about growing older? And she started into this whole conversation about, well, you know, da, 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 da. and she says, all of those things I planned for, none of it happened. And so she's at the place where she's saying it and goes through this fairly long litany of what didn't happen the way she expected it. She says, but that doesn't mean I'm not happy, which I thought was just so powerful. Her attitude, you know, she's got physical problems and all kind of stuff. And she says, okay, how do I work with them? And she goes out and talks to people. She stays in the conversation. Going to aside here, we ran into a 23-year-old in the uh, local bar. This guy is just out of college, just getting started in his career. And we want him to sit down and talk about what he's looking at at 60, 
He's 23 years old. And we said, what are you thinking about when you're 60? And he kind of clammed up. He hadn't, you know, I'm sorry, I'm looking for next week. So we're going to use lots of different people with lots of different ages. Fantastic. And that concept, I mean, one of the things that we like to to talk about a lot um, with the Active Towns Initiative is the concept of designing communities for all ages and, and all abilities. And certainly your neighborhood, the the Miller neighborhood, is one where you have multi-generational folks there. So, I mean, it's, it's wonderful in the sense that you're able to see a brand new community get built. And as you mentioned, it's not perfect. There are a few things that are missing. And we'll, we'll talk a little bit about that project as well. But yeah, it's it's so cool to be there and to see it uh, year after year over, you know, I've been following it for the last five years. You've been following it since they started, since your, your son lives there and your grandkids are there. So yeah, it's it's exciting to see that. So Tell us a little bit about that other project, Wonderment, we are all on. Well, there's two pieces of that. We have created a nonprofit, 501c3, called WAAO, Inc., and that's We Are All One. And the concept is that we really are all one and that we will live better, live longer, happier if we practice that. Mm-hmm. And so part of that is there's a an eight-acre site that's still empty in Miller, We've ended up with a project where we would put in a little bit of everything. It's a community within a community, a village within a village. And when you say we, um, I, I know you're also, it's it's the nonprofit, but but it's also your lovely bride, Ani Colt. Ani is the driver of this. Ani is the visionary. Ani is the inspiration. And it works really well because I'm, you know, I was educated as an engineer and a finance guy. And so I love playing with computers and podcasting stuff. And Ani's out there thinking about the future and what can we do with this concept of we are all one. How do we play that out? And that can change the world. You know, if we start operating on that, just think of our current situation in the world. If we were operating as we are all one, what would be the impact? This site, eight-acre site, we somehow drew the attention of the architecture department at Texas A&M, and they use it as a studio project for the fall semester of 2019 had nine students from five different countries. They heard our vision and said, oh, wow. And they designed three different, very, very different approaches to meeting our vision and presented on January 25th uh, of this year. And it's just extraordinary what they've come up with. And it's beginning to catch people's attention. You know, top architects, top developers will begin to say, wait a minute, that's pretty interesting. Let me go talk to somebody. Will it ever happen? Hmm, Maybe. It's big dollars. I mean, we're talking about really huge bill to come do to make it work that way. Part of that was where I started this conversation is in there, there'll be a place for us to age through the end of our lives. So that was, you know, that's the full circle back to Wonderment Central, wondermentcentral.com. And Wonderment is spelled O-N-E, wondermentcentral.com. Fantastic. That's great. So let's talk a little bit more about your neighborhood and some of the things that are done well and some of the all ages and abilities uh, infrastructure that's in place and the impact that that's having. This neighborhood was originally created when the airport shut down in 1999. First construction was 2006, 2007. First houses were occupied in the 2009, 2010 range. No, a little bit earlier than that, 2008. So people have lived there for 12 years. What they constructed in the beginning was best practice at the time. 
Was it perfect? No. You know, an entry, main, one of the main entry roads is Zach Scott Street. Beautiful road. It's uh, two lanes, 10 feet wide for cars, parking on both sides, and in sidewalks, and street trees. You know, And so the street trees are just amazing in this neighborhood. But what happens when you take two lanes for cars, two bike lanes, one on each side, and then put in eight feet for parking, is you've got this huge vista, this wide vista that goes on forever, and it encourages speeding. As we started developing that, some of the developers and some of the city fathers went to Europe and saw some of the protected bikeways there and said, huh, why can't we do that? And the Miller master developer says, well, we can. Oh, well, why don't we do that? And we did. So the next, the other end of Zach Scott has got one lane of parking, sidewalk, seven feet of grass, not three feet of grass, one lot, one lane of parking, two 10-foot lanes, and then a median with grass and street trees, and now a two-way bikeway behind that median, and then grass and another sidewalk. And so that is the version that really changed the way we think about Miller is one of the first protected intersections in Austin and maybe in Texas was put in at that time where you have two of these two-way protected bikeways intersecting at the one place. So that whole intersection was designed to protect pedestrians and cyclists. So talk a little bit about the, the impact. Now, one of the things I want to do is to make sure you make a link to the video you did when you came out and looked at the kickoff, the introduction of the new protected bikeway on yeah. the old Zach Scott. They yeah, went we'll, back and said, let's retrofit that. Yeah. So if you will link to that somewhere. Yeah, we'll put that in the show notes, yeah. That is the one that has a huge change. That street was speed limit at 30, which is a prima facie speed in Texas. And people were doing easily 45. The city came back in, had to resurface that street. It had been in for 10 years. It's time to chip seal. Now we've got a chance to repaint, rearrange. And they put in two four-way stops and a protected bikeway along one side with a fairly wide buffer and plastic posts. Speeds are now in the 25 range because, for one thing, they didn't stripe the middle stripe. We've got two 10-foot travel lanes with no stripe in between. And it's amazing how slow people go through there when there's another car coming. And the stop signs had a huge impact. The first week was crazy. Nobody stopped. Everybody was used to it. And now it is beautiful. If you go 25, you have to wait behind other cars. That's one of the crazy impacts that I just love. And think about that. We've cut down the distance that a pedestrian has to cross that road because we put in two-way bikeways on one side, took out parking, left parking. We have slowed traffic from 45 to 25, which is huge. And people now are not afraid to cross the road. I was coming through there on my bike in the bikeway the other day, and three young kids, we were probably talking six, seven, go out to the edge of the bikeway, cross the bikeway, look both ways, everything's fine, and cross the street. And their parent was standing on the other side. Wow, to have three kids in that age range feel comfortable crossing a street that used to be a raceway. Yeah, it changes things. Another issue that you uh, asked about is being a grandfather. When I met Annie Colt, my now wife, we were at an event put on by Bike Austin for a politician. I rode in with the politician. We all rode in on bikes, a group of us. And Annie rode in from the other side on a trike. And I thought, oh, goodness, ah, you know. I'm this bike guy, right? I now ride a trike almost everywhere. Grocery store, doctor's office, going out to lunch, going out to dinner, going to the mailbox. Now, if I'm going downtown, which is four or five miles, okay, yeah, I'll jump on my bike. But I ride a trike almost everywhere. And that's another thing that has happened in this neighborhood is that trikes are becoming acceptable as a way to get around. I don't want to go off on trikes. 
No, actually, Preston, actually, I, I want you to go off on trikes. It's actually on my, my list of things for us to talk about. And, and in fact, let's, let's kind of pivot a little bit because we are cognizant of the fact that our all ages and abilities facilities that we're putting in are mobility lanes, as we may need to start calling them, because they're not just for bikes anymore. It's almost passe to call something a bike lane, because in reality... There's all sorts of different devices that could be used in in that particular uh, protected space. It could be, yes, a bicycle, but it could also be an e-scooter. It could be a skateboard. It could be an adult trike. So tell us about trikes. I suspect most of us at one time had a trike. It may have been a big wheel as it came along. The big wheels were very popular. But those devices where the pedals are connected directly to the wheel are very limited. And they're perfect for a little kid. Great balance. I'll let get them a chance to get out and work out and understand the steering and all that kind of stuff. But an adult trike, even a single-speed trike, will have a chain that goes to a drive in the back. will drive one wheel, but is stable. And the secret to an adult trike, one, it doesn't go very fast. If you get it up to 12 or 15 miles an hour, you're really doing something. We average, I think, around 9 miles an hour in the neighborhood, which is, you know, three times as fast as you can walk comfortably. But the big secret of that is not how fast you can go, but I can slow down and ride along next to you while you're walking and have a conversation, and you don't feel like you're holding me up. I just ride along next to you and have a conversation. And I did it two days ago with a group of people that said, oh, we don't want to hold you up. I said, no, let's just ride along and talk. And it was so great to be able to just ease along at that speed and talk to people. Trikes are not the best thing going uphill. It sounds like what you're saying is that these are truly amazing sociability tools because it's so much easier to carry on that conversation with another person. It is, John, and I've been amazed how quickly I took to the trike. I've got, I hate to say it, but we've got four or five trikes in the garage now. I only get on a bike if I'm going a long distance. And, you know, that was my life. I got on a bike every day, and now it's a trike every day. I'm getting active. I'm being out. I'm being with people. The other thing on a trike is people smile. They see an old man on a trike and they smile and you stop and talk to them and they will stop and talk. And kids think it's so neat to see an adult down at their level on that trike where I can stop and talk to them. I'll stop and talk to the kids and the parents are standing there like, okay. And then we have a conversation with the parents about the community. Talk a little bit about the freedom aspect too for somebody who isn't necessarily older, but maybe physically challenged. Well, and just like there are lots of different kinds of bikes, there are lots of different kinds of trikes. Uh, We've got a trike in our garage that you pedal with your hands, a hand cycle. And I saw one in the neighborhood the other day, by the way, on that bikeway on Zach Scott. So people with disabilities of whatever form, and I like to laugh and say, you know, at my age, age is a disability, and I don't want to fall off that bike. And I would much rather be on a trike where I can just stop and talk to people instead of having to worry about falling over at every stop sign. Or someone who's cognitively disabled or challenged. I've got an autistic grandson, and he's on a trike with a seat behind so he can ride his mother around. And he gets the biggest kick out of riding around the neighborhood with somebody on the back. He's 12 years old and just loves his trike. And he's got a trailer for it now so he can pull all of his animals and train cars. And it is more fun to watch him do that. He learned to ride a bike, but he shouldn't be riding a bike. So he's doing a great job riding his trike and loving it. So trikes give us opportunities to get out, meet people, talk to people, ride around, 
people all over the neighborhood know Ben, and he knows them, and he talks to them. Yeah, it's op- opened up his world. Yeah, it had just so much, and it's opened up other people's world to meet Ben. Talk a little bit about uh, the empowerment of Electric Assist what, and how that is opening up a whole new world, too. Wow. I'm trying to think who it was. It may have been Deloitte, the big uh, consulting firm, who did a look at the future and said, you know, electric bikes may change the world. And I think they're right. Years ago, when they first came out, the Copenhagen Wheel, which was produced or designed by people at MIT and in license to super pedestrian, was put up as a sort of a GoFundMe kind of thing, a Kickstarter kind of thing. And I said, yeah, I want one of those. It's an electric wheel you just put on the bike and replace what you've got now and, and ride off. So you don't have this big motor. You don't have a lot of cables. You don't have a lot of controls. It's all controlled by your smartphone. And I got that and it changed my life. Uh, what happened? People said, oh, you're cheating. No, I gave up a car, sold a car. I found that I was riding more often and farther than I was without it. It changed the way I operated. My wife has a uh, tricycle with an e-assist, and it has totally changed. She used to go to the grocery store four-tenths of a mile and back, and that was about the limit. Now we are going to the restaurants that are three or four miles away, and we're riding there on trikes. And that's given me a lot of exercise because she's got electric assist and I don't. There's no way in the world she would have done that on a trike in the past. It's broadened her horizons if you want to look at it that way. Yeah, trikes, if you will give them a chance, and a lot of people look at them and say, oh, those are for old people. Mm, yeah, they are, but they're for everybody. So we, we have one other type of trike that happens to be in your garage as well. Talk a little bit about Cycling Without Age. Oh, Cycling Without Age is an international organization started in Copenhagen. Really neat guy, Ole. Basically, you take an electric-powered rickshaw and take people out who can't get out on their own anymore. And we have the chapter here in Austin in Miller. And we have two trike shaws there from Copenhagen. And I think I got your parents, rode them around. That was pretty cool. But I just had a situation. One of my friends fell riding his mountain bike, broke his ankle in three places. He texted me the other day and says, could you take me for a ride? And I thought, well, sure. You know, where do you want to go? And so we got out and he got in. He got his knee walker. We went out and just rode around, went to his mailbox, got his mail, rode around the neighborhood, rode over to the park, got into the hammocks that are hung in the park. The park has got these beautiful, smooth, concrete sidewalks, so he was able to actually get out and get some exercise by riding on this little wheeled vehicle he's got for his leg and did laps around the park. And I went back and I looked at Strava when I finished, and we had done 3.8 miles just get out and get into the sunshine and get to talk to people and to ride around the neighborhood. He just had to get out. He was getting going cabin crazy. So it's nice to have him. At some point, I'd like to figure out how to make some money with all this stuff that I've got. But uh, okay, we are giving back to our community. Somehow it will work out, John. Uh, somebody told me the other day, you have to keep walking into opportunities and find out what's there. And that's what Ani and I try to keep doing, is walking into opportunities and see what happens. Well, I think it's important to recognize that you and Ani are activity ambassadors in that neighborhood. You mentioned you have a whole fleet of trikes. And the reason you have a whole fleet of trikes, you as activity ambassadors, you're, you're constantly encouraging people to get out and, and give it a try and, and live a healthy, active life. 
one of the events that I filmed up in, in your neighborhood was a community bike ride. You mentioned earlier the Wisdom Crew. These are all things that are instilling a sense of sociability, togetherness, but also blending in some activity. And I think Ani was you know, had mentioned something about a weekly walk. So talk a little bit about that this concept of creating a culture of activity in your neighborhood. And if you have any advice to other communities and other neighborhoods and other people who would like to do this on their own, how they too can do it without necessarily having a a garage full of trikes. Well, and that's a nice thing about human beings is we don't have to have any equipment. We can get out and walk, uh, most of it. If we're in a wheelchair, we can get out and roll and somebody can go out and walk with us. Or we study about this aging discussion, you mentioned it earlier, the sociability, the activity, the being involved, being engaged, and having intergenerational relationships seems to be one of the indicators that make people live healthier, longer lives. And that's what I think we're all striving for. Wisdom Crew got started on a whim. John Irwin, who is the owner of B.D. Riley's, the Irish pub, was opening the Irish pub in Miller. He found us and said, what can I do? And Ani said, you can give seniors a discount. He says, done. That was the Wisdom Crew got started by some people going to the Irish pub Thursday afternoons to, you know, have a beverage and some food. We've now got 126 members of the Wisdom Crew. They've all paid $10 a year to be members. They get discounts at various places. And they meet for various things. And they've started other activities. So this walking group got started by members of the Wisdom Crew. Every Tuesday and Thursday morning, they go out and walk a mile to two miles together and talk. It's not always the same people. The group hadn't grown a lot, but they're out walking. They're out doing stuff. And that's one of the things I like about the Wisdom Group. The whole idea of getting together, being social, being active, going to keep us living a long time, John. Preston, thank you so very much. This has been an absolute pleasure. Best of luck and have a wonderful day. Thanks, John. All right. Let's go do it. Wow, what a great conversation with Preston. He touched on so many important topics. Hope you enjoyed it. And if you did, please subscribe, share, and drop me a line of feedback. I'd love to hear what you think. Coming soon, you won't want to miss my conversation with Darcy Kitching, an amazing activity ambassador out of Boulder, Colorado. That's all for now. This is John signing off, wishing you much activity, health, and happiness. Cheers. Cheers.